Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. Yeah, listen to that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, lo- I, I said it last week. I love the 1230 service because I can kind of cut loose a little bit. Is that all right if I do that today? All right. Well, anyway, I'm going to go right into, uh, into a little bit of a spiel today. Uh, Pastor Chris already mentioned, I think, the, the raising the roof, uh, the, the pledge that we started last week. And so I just want to say again um, that, that we need you as part of this thing. Like we are a church body and the whole body needs to be functioning for everything to be going well. And, and I know that's kind of bold to say, but I didn't come here to be shy. So if the Lord has laid on your heart that, that you're supposed to give, I want to challenge you to be obedient to God. I'm not saying be obedient to me. I'm saying I want you to pray about it. And if you pray about it and the Lord lays it on your heart, don't shy away from what the Lord's leading you into. Because together we can, we can make huge things happen here in this community. It's already happening. Lives are already being changed, but we want to go to the next level. We want to raise the roof, right? Right? All right. See, I feel like I shouldn't have to go right, 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 right? Okay, right. See, because, because, um, because I'm excited about what God's going to do here. He's already doing, like I said, he's already doing things, but I'm excited about the future of this church, the future of your lives, of my life with you, and where God's going to take us. Amen? Amen? Amen. You see, though, when, when I talk about those kind of things, when I challenge you financially, it can be tough because sometimes some of us aren't in the kind of position in life where we feel that we can do that. Some of us are frustrated with our life position. And, and there's, I guarantee you today in this, in this service, even though it's the smallest because it's the 1230, you know, and just, there's not 300 people in here, that there are people in here who are frustrated with their situation of life. They're frustrated with where they're at. They're wondering why in the world they are where they are. Why am I here? Why am I stuck in this place? So we've been planning for five months to talk about a specific uh, topic for the whole month of October, and, and so we're, we're all ready to go, and then while I was out west, I really felt like the Lord laid on my heart to change direction and do something different, so I called Joey on the phone, and I'm like, Joey, I need a new graphic, and he's like, are you kidding me? I got the other ones all set up, you're ready to go when you get back, and I was like, do it. <laughs> so he did it, and, <laughs> and so we have this new graphic, so I want to talk about uh, this idea of why are you here, all right? And so I'll be honest with you, it may be a little bit in your face. So I apologize before, and I think we should pray before I talk. So let's go. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you that uh, you've, you've created each one of us, and you're an awesome God. Lord, I pray that as we get into the word today, that you speak, Lord, you speak through the words that I'm going to share that, that you've laid on my heart. Lord, and I pray that you give us ears that hear, give us a heart that understands, and give us a mind that desires to live for you, that wants to change in order to be closer and be more in line with what you've created us to be. Father, let us be like ground that has been cultivated and turned over, prepared for seed and for new growth. Grow in us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So anyway, so why are you here? It's a good question, right? Like, like, there's a lot of facets to the question. Why are, why are you here on earth? Why were you created? Why are you in the life you were in? Why were you born into the family you're in? Why are you in your current financial state? Why do you come to this church? Why are you where you're at in your belief, in your faith with God? They're all good questions. And so I want to get started uh, with, with the basic, the beginning, the very start. I want to talk, talk about why are you here on earth? Say, why am I on earth? I'm not talking about, like, could you be on Jupiter? I'm talking about why, am I, why were you created? Say, why was I created? It's, it's a good question, right? 
It is a good question. And often many of us ask that question in our lives at some time or another. And, and you're not the first person to think of this, right? Like people have been from the beginning thinking about like, why are we here? Even King David in the Bible, how many people have heard of him? Okay, King David, he asked the same question. And we, we read it in Psalms, um, Psalms chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. It says this, when I, David wrote this, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, verse 4, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Like human beings that you care for them. In other words, like, I'm thinking about all this amazing stuff that you've created, like, like the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth and all these different things that just seem so incredible. Like, why in the world would you have made man? I'd imagine David's also thinking about the fact that he's been kind of a sloppy excuse for a human being, right? And he's saying to God, like, wow, you made all this perfection and then you made me. Hmm, it's a good question. Why are we here? Why were we made? There's a lot of theories of where humans came from. Like, you know, not, it's not just the Christians that wonder where we're here, why we're here, right? Where we're from. The scientific community has been looking for the, the origin of life, where it came from forever. And I think one of the problems with the Christian church today is when it comes to those big issues, instead of like learning about them and trying to know why we believe in creation, because we here at Res Life believe that God created us, just like the Bible says. And, and so like instead of thinking about why... You know, like, like thinking about how to actually express why we believe what we believe. We just go, evolution is wrong. Big Bang Theory is wrong. Primordial ooze is wrong. Everybody here say, I'm not ooze. Say it louder like you mean it. I'm not ooze. All right, all right. I believe you that you're not ooze. Okay, so, so like instead of, instead of learning how to express why we believe what we believe and why we're here, um, we, just, we just ignore it and then we get in a fight about it. And that's not the way to go either. That's a whole other series. I know you're probably like, oh, yeah, tell us. But I'll do that another time. Uh, fun fact, I don't know if you knew this, but I went to college, got my degree in earth science. I wanted to be a science teacher. So I spent four and a half, almost five years, sadly. Uh, <laughs> no, I, spent, I spent my college career learning about evolution, learning about all these theories. And guys, there's lots of theories about where, where we came from. And it's not just the one, the couple that you hear every now and then. There's lots and lots of theories about it. And, and the thing is, is what, what I find really interesting is that all of them want to answer a question that none of them can answer. None of those theories can really pinpoint where we came from and why we came from where we came from, except for God. God's the only one who can answer the question. I think there's a couple things before we get into it. Oh, I want to say this before this. Um, they did surveys, and now in, in the, well, not just the United States, but worldwide, a third of the scientists that are out there doing scientific things, um, they believe that there had to be intelligent design. In other words, there had to be a greater power that created human life because the intricacies of life are, are they're saying, one-third, which, by the way, guys, is a lot of scientists when just not long ago they all, you know, 99% of them believed that it was evolution and the Big Bang and that you were just ooze. Like one-third of them now are saying there has to be intelligent design because there's no, there's no way this could happen on its own. So God created us. So, like, 
before we get in and, and try to answer the question of, of why are we here, what were we made for, um, I think there's a couple things we need to, like bases we need to cover before we get there. The first one is this, if you're taking notes, is that God didn't need us. Let that sink in for a minute. God doesn't need you. It's kind of a downer, isn't it? Because we all want to be wanted. Like, I want you to want me. I need you to need me. My dad still claims that his buddy was the guy who wrote that song, the guy from Cheap Trick. <laughs> when, I, when I see some sort of picture, but my dad's old. Maybe they didn't have cameras back then. Oh, snap. Third service. Anyway. <laughs> yes. I hope he listens to this service. Anyway, uh, he, doesn't, he, doesn't li- he doesn't want to hear what I have to say anyway. Uh, and we're back. And uh, anyway, we all want to be wanted. We want to be needed, right? And so, but, and so the concept that God didn't really need us is, is one that's, that's tough. Because, like, well, then why did he make us, right? Think about it. God wasn't, like, lonely. He didn't need you and me so he could have company. He didn't think, oh, like, I'll make somebody so I can hang out with them. It, it even says in Genesis, when, when he went to make man, he said, let us make man in our image. And, he's, and, and who's he talking to? Because obviously he's not talking to himself. Then we'd be serving a God who's crazy. He's talking to, to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the different parts of God. It says that it was perfect harmony in the word and stuff like that. So it wasn't like he needed us in order to like complete some cycle or something like that at that point. He didn't need it. It even says it um, in Acts 17, 20 through, uh, 24. It says, Then God, who made the world and everything in it, is the Lord of the heaven and the earth. And listen, he does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. What's this scripture saying? It's saying that God doesn't need us. That it wasn't about a need for us. And, and again, it feels like a downer. But it's not. It's just the reality of things. Like, if he was God, why would he need us? So the second thing is this. He may not have needed us, but he did want us. Okay? He chose to make us. And he, and he chose to make us for a reason. See, God wasn't, cho- or wasn't forced into making man. There wasn't some higher power above him who was saying, you need to make an ant farm and, and get, get on with it. You know, like, make, make people. Make an ant farm that you can lord over and you can, you know guy with the magnifying glass and burn him a little bit, stuff like that. You know, like, that's not, that's not, that didn't happen. He wasn't forced to do it. He decided that he wanted to create us. And, and, and I can express that maybe a little bit more by when we look in Genesis and we look at when God made the ant farm. How many people had an ant farm when they were a kid? Cool. Anyway, that's awesome. Um, so when God was making the ant farm that he was going to put us in, he didn't just like throw stuff in there and, and, and say, let's go. Instead, we see in Genesis this incredible design that he makes. Like he, when he, he wanted us so badly that the place that he made for us is incredible. You think about the world we live in, like, like, not like the society world, but the physical world we live in and how absolutely incredible it is. If you don't think so, you're taking crazy pills. You need to go outside. In, over the next two weeks, you're going to see the colors change here, and you're going to experience some of those beautiful things you can see. I was just out west, and you go out west and see the mountains. They're absolutely breathtaking. It's, it's incredible. Go down south. Well, not right now, but go down south after hurricane season, 
and, and, and look at the wildlife and the incredible beauty of that, of that place. Enjoy the warmth, too. God created something. And, and it's funny, when you look at the storyline, first off, it says that he, he had already had our design in mind before he created everything, the universe. So when he created it, he created it for us. And he went to great detail. He made this planet, he made all the things in it, the trees, the birds, the animals, everything. And then when he decides to make Adam and Eve, to make man, he doesn't just plop them anywhere on the map. No, he takes them and he puts them in the garden, his most cherished place. The place that is the greatest. And he says, I just want you to be here and enjoy. Name the animals for me, you know. Monitor the garden and just enjoy. Like, could you imagine if somebody was to have their most, you have your most prized possession, the thing you've worked hardest on, your life's work, everything, everything that you've done to be who you are, and then you take it and give it to somebody else just so they can enjoy it? That's what God did for you and me. He, want, he wanted you. So much that not only did he want you, he wanted you to have everything you needed. He wanted you to experience an incredible life. The Bible says that he loved us before he created us. Have you ever thought about that in that way? Like that God has loved you before you ever loved him back? Before before he even created you? And last week I talked about trust and I said, you know... Like, what, do you trust God? And I was like, I was kind of playing on it. Like, everybody goes, well, yeah, I trust God. Yeah, of course. Of course I trust him. Like, we almost make light of the fact that we trust God. Like, it, it's not really, like, deeply rooted in us, a trust in God. And it's the same thing when we think about the love of God. Well, yeah, of course God loves me. Of course he's always loved me. I mean, it says it in the Bible. And, and I don't know where, but it says it somewhere in there. And, and, and we're like, you know, we're just like, yeah, yeah, of course. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, have you ever in the deepest part of your soul really understood how much God loves you, that he loved you before he even created you? That when he designed you, there was, it was with love in mind, with, with thoughtfulness in mind about who you are and who he wanted to make you into. That's, that's a way deeper kind of love than we normally give him credit for. So anyway, let's go there. What did he make you for? I will try to answer this question. It's a hard one to answer. And the thing about it is, is for each one of us, we all have different purpose. So it's kind of impossible for me to answer it for everybody. But if we put the understanding of God being a God of love, if we put that in, in our mind, then really we can, we can surmise that he created you in order that he could love you and that you would love him back. God created you so that he could love you and so that you could love him back. And now you're like, wait a second, what, what is that? What's that all about? Well, let's read. Revelation 4.11 says this. It's talking about God. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, you and me. He says, and by your will they were created, and they have their being. Now, that's the NIV version. If we look at the version you know, before that, it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast, I know those words are, like foreign. Thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they were created. You were created for the pleasure of God. You were created to bring God joy. You were created so that God could enjoy watching you live. How many people think God enjoys watching us live? 
I don't know. Like, okay, so, so you were created, though, for the pleasure of God. It's restated again in, in Colossians. Colossians 1, 16 says, for, he, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and what? And what? And for him. So you are here because God wanted you to be here. You are here because you were made for God. And now, now let me kind of redirect this into something that I think is absolutely incredible. We know that God knows everything, right? The beginning and the end. He knows everything that's going to happen, all of that. So in other words, God knew when he decided to create Adam and Eve and, and thusly create you, he knew that in doing that, he would have to send Jesus to die. And he still chose to do it. Like, think about that. He knew that if he chose you, he'd have to send Jesus. Can you imagine that? Like someone knowing full well that creating you would cause strife for themselves and still thinking that you were important enough to do it? So that must make you pretty important, <laughs> right? See, today I'm just kind of scratching the surface because of communion and everything taking up time. I'm just kind of scratching the surface of why we're here. And I'm going to go into more depth over the next couple of weeks. And, and we're going to talk about those things I listed at the beginning. You know, why, you know, wh where are you in your faith? Why are you there? Why do you go to this church? Why do you do these different things? But, uh, but to wrap it up and kind of bring it all together today, I'm sure some of you have been wondering about why God made you. I said at the beginning, I, I was talking about finances. You know, you might be in a place where financially you don't like it when the pastor says, hey, will you, you know, pray about giving to raising the roof because you're in a spot where it makes you angry because you don't have what you think you need to have and you're frustrated about why you are where you are. Many of you are frustrated about where you are financially or where you are in relationship or where you are in life, your job, your, your situation, your health, all these different things. These are all good questions. And the most, well, before I go there, right after the service, I have to run out. So if you're planning to talk to me after service, you'll have to call in or something like that. I probably won't be able to talk to you because I have a funeral I have to go to and I have to, I have to do a funeral at two o'clock. So I better get on it. Anyway, like six weeks ago, a young lady came up to the front and she said, I'm having surgery uh, this week. And I said, oh yeah, like on what? She goes, well, I went in and the doctors found this little dot of cancer in, my, in the top part of my lung, just right in the top. And, but they're going in, they're like, they're using the words cure, everything's good. They're just going to take this little bit of cancer out of my lung, I'm good. I said, cool. Well, let's just pray that everything goes good, right? So we do. So they go in that week, and they take this little tiny bit out of the top part of her lung. And within the next three days, her lung completely dies. And then her other lung gets sick. And then her heart's struggling to work. And within five weeks, she's gone. Like, why does that happen? What kind of God would do that to somebody? Right? Why? 
Like why would why would why would God allow something like that to happen to somebody? She's 37, has kids. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know something. I do know. But people say, well, why would, why would God even create her? Like, why, why was she even born? Why, why would God have somebody be born who's got that problem? Or, or he knows the beginning from the end. He knows she's going to get cancer. He knows that she's going to pass through the whole thing. Like, what's the deal? Why? Because a life without her would have been more miserable than a life with her. Because God wanted her. Because God, well, not to mention, she's now in heaven with him, and it's way better than here anyway. And that, that seems shallow for us here to comprehend and to understand because we miss them, because it's not fair to us. But the fact of the matter is, it's not, it's not about our situation. It's that God said, looked at her and said, you know what, it's better for me to make her and have the life that I can have with her than to not have her at all. And it doesn't matter what situation of life you're in, whether your finances are bad or your health is bad or or whatever's going on in your life. It's not about the situation. It's about the fact that God created you because he wanted you. You may not like your situation. You may not like your finances. You may not like your relationships. You may not like your health. You may not like the color of your skin. You may not like the candidates that we have for president. God doesn't care about all those things. What he cares about is you, and he loves you, and he just wants you to love him back. And it doesn't matter the circumstances because life with you is better than life without you. And once he created you, he gets you. As long as you love him back, he gets you. As long as he can have you, which is forever. Sometimes we have our eyes placed on a prize that's in front of us and we forget that the true prize is with him. It's not always easy to understand. And I'm going to go there and I'm going to get in front of her family and friends, and I'm going to talk about how I don't know and how I'll never know, but I do know that God wanted her. He wanted her here for the years she had, and he wants her there for all the rest. God wants you. He wants you in your mess. He wants you in your struggles. He wants you in your victories. He wants you. Do you want him back? He wants you to want him, right? Deuteronomy 6, 5. I want to just close with this scripture, and we'll be done. We'll pray. It says this, and this is really what it's all about. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. I like it in the message version of the Bible. It says this. It says, love God, your God. With your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. Love him with all you've got. Love him with all you've got. If you want to see change in your life, love God with all you've got. If you want to see change in your relationships, love God with all you've got. If you want to see change in your life at work, love God with all you've got. If you want to see change in your health life, love God with all you've got. We need to love God with all we've got. And in turn, that will open up the doors for him to be able to pour out love on top of us. Because that's all he really wanted to do when he made you in the first place. Love God with all you've got. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each person. I truly mean it. Lord, I thank you for each person that's in this place today. 
Lord, I thank you that you created them. The word says that they were fearfully and wonderfully made, which means that you planned ahead when you made them, when you put them in the situation they're in, that when you, when you put their life together, when you created every fiber of their being, Lord, you planned for them. And I pray we can understand that, that your love is so deep and so wide and so huge that you, you built us with, with loving us in mind. And Lord, I know there's people here who are struggling with that concept, struggling with understanding that. I just pray that you begin to touch their heart right now. That they're here because you wanted them. That they're here because they matter to you. No matter what the world says or their situation. With everybody's heads bowed, if you're here today, and you've never thought about this idea that you need to love God back. Or maybe you have thought about it. And today, you want to make a choice to love Him with all you've got. To give Him your heart and soul. To make Him your Lord. I want to give you that opportunity. Also, if you're here and you maybe, maybe you did say a prayer at some point in your life. Maybe you did accept the Lord, but you never in your heart really made a change. You never really gave Him your whole self. You never gave Him all you got. And you want to today. You want to make that decision to commit yourself to him. God wants nothing more than for you to have a life and to have it more abundantly. But that all comes with loving him, with everything that's within you, with giving him your heart and your life. So if you're here today and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you want to be saved. But more than that, you want to love him and you want to experience his love in your life. If that's you today, this place, just with everybody's eyes closed, slip your hand up right where you're seated. Is there anybody who wants to make that decision today? Awesome. Awesome. Just just put that on your lap. If, I want to wait a few more seconds. If you're on the fence today, I want to tell you today that the devil owns the fence. If you're on the fence and you're not sure and you're thinking, Maybe I'm going to cross over to Jesus' side, but I'm not sure. I'm just sitting on the fence still trying to figure it out. The devil owns the fence. If you're on the fence, you haven't committed to him. If that's you and you want to make him Lord of your life, you want to cross over and, and be on God's side of the fence, you want to be his child today, just raise your hand. Awesome. God is good. All right. For those of you that raise your hands, together we're all going to say a prayer today. And the word it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he rose from the dead, that he really is God, then you're saved, that you're going to heaven, then you're a child of God. So the first part is we're going to say a prayer together here, and that's you confessing with your mouth. That's the start of this journey. But the second part, the heart part, is the hard part. That's the part where you've got to trust him each and every day, where you've got to live for him each and every day. And, and so that's your part that you play after confessing with your mouth. So we're going to get the process started right now and get you on your journey, get you, get you started on the path to new life in Him. So let's pray together. Say, Lord, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross, defeat the grave, and rise again so that I could be saved. I'm a sinner. And I struggle with sin. But today I'm different. I'm a new creation, a child of God, remade, 
remaster. Loving you with all that I've got. I make you Lord of my life. Lead me from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.